Hi, my name is Pastor Tony Gilmore. Have you ever been in need of a change? Like change of scenery, change of location, change of jobs. But you've come to find out that no matter where you go, you go. Well, in this series, Extreme Makeover Life Edition, we'll learn how the changes we make inside make the greatest difference on the outside of us. things in our lives. Church as usual, no more. No more. No more. It stops and ends today. Anybody agreeing with me? We're tired of church as usual. We want to see some changed lives. We want to see some people come to Christ. Well, guess what? They're not coming if we're ugly on the inside. So God is going to wreck some things today. You know, I was here this morning and God had gave me an opener, but God changed that thing when I was down there on that front row. God showed me right right after Christmas, about three days after Christmas, my dad's house caught on fire. My stepmom was in Texas. And so she called and said, Angie, get to the house, get to the house. The house is on fire. Your dad's there by himself. So I get to the house. It's true enough, we couldn't even get on the street good because fire trucks were all up and down the street. And so, you know, my first thing is, where's my dad? So the fireman showed me where he was, and he was like, thankfully, you know, he got out, you know, because the smoke could have gotten to him. And so fast forward, they weren't going to be able to live in that house no more. A lot of smoke damage, a lot of things got burned. And so God got them another house. And when I tell you all, this house was so much better than the first house. So much better than the first house. See, a lot of times we want to hang on to some things that God has told us not to hang on to. And you know, once they got to the house, my dad (laughs) and his I don't want to get rid of anything stage was bringing everything he could from that old house. And I'm like, Daddy, you can't bring that stuff here. You got a new house. You're going to get some new stuff. Make room for the new stuff that God's going to give you. And how many of us do that? Hmm. How many of us want to hang on to that old stuff that God said, that's not for you. I have something better for you. Let that stuff go so I can give you what I want to give you. God is about wrecking some stuff. You all know this, this series we're in is called Home Makeover, but it's the life edition. It's the life edition. And when Pastor Tony talked about this series last year, and he was like, babe, we're going to be in that series in the month of May. What you want to do? What you want to do? I said, you know what, babe? That's fine. Because God has been dealing with me about the heart. So I said, babe, I want to be in the kitchen. Let me take the kitchen, the heart of the home, that place where everything happens. That's where I want to be. So in obedience, that's where we are today. Our scripture for today is coming from Psalms 51 and 10 in the English Standard Version, which says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. And I like the Americ. Bible plain English version, which says, and do not imitate this world, but be transformed by the renovation of your minds, and you shall distinguish what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen. Let us pray. So God, I just thank you this morning, Lord. 
God, I thank you that you pulled out your bulldozer and you're going to wreck some things in this place this morning. God, we thank you that we won't be hurt in the end, but we will be better because of what you're doing in this house. So God, have your way in this place, Lord. I yield to you what you once said, God. You say it, God. What you want your people to hear, Lord, let them hear it. I humbly bow and submit to your will this morning. And I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hmm. God was telling me, it's time to clean up. It's time to clean the kitchen. You know, that was some words that we really didn't like to hear when we, when we were growing up. I still don't really like to hear it, but it has to be done. But, you know, a lot of us, we, we sit down, we like the meal. The meal is really good. Sometimes we linger with that meal, but after the meal is over, we got to clean. We've got to clean. And I know week after week after week, we hear messages from Pastor Tony, Pastor Arbery, Pastor Frank, Mama Joyce, whoever you're listening to on your devices. We hear all these messages, and they're so good, and we eat them up. We eat them up. We're like, oh, yes, that was good. That was great. That was great. And then what? Do we allow that word to clean our hearts and penetrate our hearts and move us into who God is trying to get us to be? And I'm not just talking to you all. God was dealing with me with this word as well. So this isn't a you, you, you. No, this is us. This is us. God was saying, it's time to clean the kitchen. And he said, for real, for real, for real. Not for play. Not just on Sunday morning when we get dressed up and come to the house of the Lord. Are we going to have on our good behavior? And yes, ma'am, thank you. Can I get that for you? But what about Monday morning? What about Monday morning when the coworker that you just really can't stand walks past your cubicle and gives you that ugly look? What then? Are we still feasting on that word from yesterday? Are we still allowing it to penetrate our hearts and mind and change us? Or have we already thrown it out and pushed it to the side? God is saying no more. It's time out. We see what we've done when we've done church as usual. We have people leaving here and they didn't get an opportunity to know Christ because we were too busy tripping over ourselves. No more. No more. It's time to clean the house. I remember when I was six years old and I thought it would be fun to play in the sink. I pushed the chair up to the sink and I started washing the dishes, but I really just wanted to play in the soap suds. That's really all I wanted to do. I didn't really want to wash the dishes because, you know, they make all the bubbles and you can just press them down and they go through your fingers. And so my parents were paying attention. They was like, oh, Angie got a desire to wash the dishes. (laughs) So you know what? That became my chore. It became my chore to wash the dishes every day, and I didn't have any siblings in the house, so guess who I had to share that chore with? Me. It was just me. So I would wash the dishes, and my mom was serious about her kitchen. She still is. But if my mom came home and there was a dish in the sink, she got me up out of that bed, go get that dish out that sink. See, she didn't consider her kitchen clean if there was a dirty dish still in the sink. It wasn't clean. So she she said, oh, this got to get out of here. And that's what God's saying to us as well. Fast forward. When I had my children, I got to pay it forward. 
As soon as they were old enough to wash those dishes, I moved that chore on to them. But the lucky least they got to share it. They didn't have to do it by themselves. That's what I kept reminding them. Well, I had to wash the dishes by myself. At least you have someone to share this role with. And, you know, so they would wash the dishes, but they both had different ways of doing it. So Amber and Tez, they both had the same tools. They had the both the same towel, the both same scouring pad, same dish detergent, but the end result was not the same. So, see, Amber, she would get done in the kitchen in record time. I mean, fast, before I could make it to my bedroom. Sometimes she was done washing the dishes. And I'd be like, man, that was fast. But you know what, Tez, he would be in that kitchen for hours, fussing the whole time, but in the kitchen for hours because Tez, if something had hard baked on stuff, he would let it soak. And he would let it soak so that he could get all the gunk off of it and make sure that it was clean really good. He didn't rush through the process. He allowed the process to be as long as it needed to be to make sure that the dishes was clean. You hear me? He didn't rush through it. He took whatever time was necessary to ensure all the dirt was gone. So I ask, how, how, how do we do this? How do, how do we approach this? How many of us, and it's so funny, this past week we've had so many messages dealing with the internal. Kelvin Mosby on Tuesday spoke about spiritual versus carnal-minded and how we need to be spiritually-minded. And Pastor Will and our staff teaching on, on uh, Thursday talked about leveling up and becoming like Christ. And Erica taught us yesterday we got to rise up and be there for one another. That we can't continue to just think about ourselves, but we got to think about each other and hold your sister up and lift your sister up. When she celebrates, you celebrate. When she's down, you help lift her up. And that was what the messages were about. And I was like, God, you're really trying to do some things. Because when he, what he was giving me was about how we say we want to be clean. Lord, use me, Lord. I want to be like you, Lord. But yet we give him a five-minute devotion in the morning and run out the door. Five minutes, five minutes to get rid of things we've been carrying around for such a long time. It's going to take more than five minutes. He wanted me to tell you it's going to take more than five minutes. It's going to take several five minutes, several. And I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that because some things, we just let them go on and on and on. And there was this quote that I want to share with you from Anadoa Judith, which says, We take for granted that we need to take showers, clean our house, and wash our clothes. Yet the mind and its thoughts need cleansing and ordering as much as our bodies. While few of us would consider eating dinner on yesterday's dirty dishes, we think nothing of tackling our problems with yesterday's cluttered minds. Selah. I could end the message right there. But this is something that God wants us to know is that we must cleanse our minds daily and we must be diligent about it. This passage of scripture that I was coming from, Psalm 51, this is really a psalm that David wrote. And this passage, when you go verses 7 through 17, it's actually a time where David was crying out to God because he really desperately wanted God to cleanse him 
and forgive him and to clean him up. And he was in dire needs. He wanted to be clean so bad. And if I give you the background story as to how this transpired. So David was the king and he had sent all the men off to war. And so he stayed back in Jerusalem while everyone else went off to war. That's the first thing. He should have been there with them. But he stayed back. And so David was on his rooftop one day, just enjoying himself. And he happened to look over, because mind you, all the women stayed back. And he happened to look over, and he saw Bathsheba on her rooftop bathing. And he was attracted to her. But she was married. She was married to a man named Uriah, and Uriah had gone off to war to fight. So David took it upon himself to send his servants over and have them bring Bathsheba to him. And David ended up sleeping with Bathsheba. And as a result, he found out, he got word that Bathsheba was pregnant. And David was, he was devastated. But what he tried to do was he tried to cover up what he did. He tried to cover it up. But how many of you know, even though we try to cover it up, it's still there. It's still there. God still sees it. So in the midst of him trying to cover it up, he called for Uriah to come home. And he told Uriah, you know, go spend time with your wife. Well, he thought that Uriah would sleep with his wife and then David would be free and clear. No, Uriah, in his uprightness, Uriah, he didn't feel good about it. Uriah was like, everyone else is all fighting the war. I want to be fighting with them. I don't feel right being here with my wife and they're out fighting. So plan A failed. So Uriah went off to war and David had to go back to the drawing board and think of another scheme to cover up what he'd done. And as a result, he had this other plan which resulted in the death of Uriah. He had Uriah placed on the front line in the war and Uriah lost his life as a result of someone else's mistake. See, we can't let it go that far. This is a very extreme case. This is very extreme, but some of those things that we do, they start small, but they'll get big if we don't deal with them. And so this is what what David did. And so David is at this point now where he's crying out in Psalm. He's like, Lord, help me. In the Message Bible, verse 7 says, and I'm not going to read this whole thing, but verse 7 through 17, you can read it when you get home. But the first verse, he's saying, soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. David said, I want a do-over, Lord. I want a do-over. Can, can you please give me a do-over, Lord? I'm sorry, Lord. I messed up, but I want a do-over. And you know what? God granted it. God granted it. And just like he granted it for David, he'll grant it for us. But we've got to be willing to allow him to do it. We've got to be just as desperate as David was to get this thing right that we allow God to do the work that he wants to do and God he'll do it David did so many great things and you all can read all about it but David was a man after God's own heart God said it himself God said it himself and so such is the same for us and like I said some of us haven't experienced a situation as extreme as what David experienced But there are some things that we need to clean up. 
because some of us have some caked on dirt that's been sitting so long that it's so hard to get off. And when I tell you those things that sometimes we don't think about, like jealousy, malice, backbiting, (laughs) destructive thoughts, lust, those things will kill you. Slowly, they will kill you. And I know you all are thinking about in the natural, but I'm talking about in the spiritual. I'm talking about they will tear you up on the inside, and people can see it. You may think you're covering up. Tony talked about our our Yorkie. I love my Yorkie. I love my Yorkie, but he talked about our Yorkie. And our Yorkie, it's funny, when we first got her, I thought it was weird. She would take a toy or one of Tony's socks or something, and she would, like, say these stairs right here. She would be on the step. And she would, like, push it up against the corner of the step, and she would do this. And I was like, what is she doing? But she was putting imaginary dirt on it. She thought she was covering it up. And she thought, we couldn't see it. And we're like, yes, we can still see the sock. It's not covered up. You think you covered it up, but we can see it. We can see it. It's still there. And then, you know, some days she'll, she'll do that at night and kind of forget And in the morning, she's walking around, walking around, looking. I'm like, what is she looking for? What is she looking for? She's looking for the thing that she thought she hid and had buried and covered up. But she's trying to find it. But, you know, some of us do that. We cover up things. We say we got rid of it. But we didn't. And we can tell because it shows. It shows. We've got to get rid of it. Don't try to cover it up. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out and throw it away. Just like God did. He threw our sins in a sea of forgetfulness, never to bring it up again. That's how we should operate. That's how we should be. We got to get rid of some stuff, you guys. I'm so serious. Like, God has just really been dealing with me about this. Because I see so many things and life is too short. Just this morning, my sister Linda told me that her sister lost her husband yesterday. Unexpectedly. Not sick, not ill, not anything, but he's no longer with us. You guys, it's time out for playing church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of coming in and going out. Tired of going in, going out. Same thing, same thing. It's time for us to dig deep and grow up. And the only way we're going to do it is by the word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and manifest a change in our lives. You know, on occasion, sometimes I clean out our refrigerator at home. And you know how sometimes you might forget something's in there? It's in that Pyrex dish way in the back. And it's like, ooh, how long that's been in there? And me and Tony, we don't cook that much. Since we empty nesters, we eat out a lot. So, you know, it's probably been in there a long time. (laughs) A long time. And so I'll look and I'll be like, ooh. And I'll slowly take the top off. And I'm like, I'm like, ooh. Oh, that stinks. That really stinks. That really stinks. It's been in there too long. What is this? You know, when it gets unrecognizable, you don't even know what it is anymore. And it's like, okay, this has to go to the trash. But then, you know, you still got these Pyrex dishes, and they're made out of glass, and they're not cheap. So I want to throw my dish away because my dish is still good. My dish can still be used. So all I got to do is just clean it. And so, you know, sometimes you got to take off that SOS pad. That signal of distress like David had. Like, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Clean it. (laughs) Get it clean. Get it clean. But, you know, when we use those SOS pads and we send those signals out, he hears us. 
He hears us and he comes through and he's ready to make a change in our hearts. He's ready for us to love like we say we want to love. He's ready for us to begin to share him with others because he's done the work in us and we can spread that love abroad to others. So I beseech you, brothers and sisters, today as I stand before you, that you allow God to come into your heart, that you allow him to truly come into your heart. I know a lot of us will say, I've given my life to God, but yes, is he the Lord of your life? Do you let him make all the decisions that you need to make day in, day out? Do you allow him even in those small things like where should I send my child to school? Who should I commune with today? We got to let him be a part of everything because I promise you we will save a lot of time if we allow God to do the work in us and we walk out the way that he's told us to walk it out. Hope you enjoyed that message. If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.